discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatim as Christ is magnified in you. You may kindly take your seats in heavenly places. Hallelujah. Wow. Do you love Jesus? Ask anybody, do you love Jesus? Hallelujah. So I'm still sharing on the partnership of the Spirit. Okay, the partnership of the Holy Spirit. Okay, is it a good thing? Beautiful. Beautiful. So 1 Peter chapter 1. Oh, hallelujah. Everything there is nice. I don't even know where to start from. Let's start from verse 1. 1 Peter 1 from verse 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers, scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God. You know, he was writing to, the, to those who were part of the church in Jerusalem and had scattered abroad because of the persecution that arose about Stephen's death and other things, you know, because of other things that had happened in Jerusalem. Most of them had scattered throughout and had left Jerusalem. So he, he, he was writing to the church, to you and I. He says, you are elect according to the foreknowledge of God. Meaning that before you came, before you were born, God knew you. And he elected you, he chose you, even before you did anything. God's choosing of you is not dependent on what you did or did not do. God just likes you and chose you before you even came. Can you imagine? I shared on this some time ago, foreknowledge, the foreknowledge of God. God foreknew you. He knew you before you came. And he elected, he elected according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Remember, we've come to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. So whenever you wake up in the morning, know that the blood of Christ is sprinkling on you. And speaking mercy, grace, kindness, patience, goodness. Mm, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22. But he had come unto Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, to the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. He says, this is where you have arrived. Say, I've arrived on Mount Zion. I'm not on my way to Mount Zion. I was born in Mount Zion. Then it says, and to Jesus. You have come to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. And to the blood of sprinkling. That speaks better things than that of Abel. Abel's blood spoke what? Vengeance. But Jesus' blood speaks forgiveness, life, goodness, joy, grace. For all your foolishness. Wow. Clap for Jesus. Wow. 
So Paul wrote about the blood of sprinkling, and then Peter also wrote, wrote about the blood of sprinkling. So Peter says, we have, can, we have been elected according to the foundation of God through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and, of, and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Then he says, grace unto you and peace be multiplied. In other words, the letter I'm writing is bringing you grace and multiplying peace to you. That's the New Testament ministry. Everything we say should minister grace to you and it should minister peace to you. Are you seeing it? Hallelujah. Next verse. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, if you read this, you, know, you notice that Peter had read Paul's writings. It says, and he, he confirms it in his writings that Brother Paul has written some very interesting things which are hard to, un, to be understood. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, meaning that they considered Paul's letters scripture whilst he was alive. Can you imagine? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again. He has given birth to us again. He has given birth to us again unto a lively hope or a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We have a living hope. What is that living hope? When you check out of this body, it is not the end of your life. You don't, you don't, you see some people believe in annihilation. When you die, that's, that's the end. You are gone. But there's nothing like that. There's a living hope that we have been begotten or given birth to. We have been born again unto a certain hope. It's called the hope of resurrection. Hallelujah. Unto a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Because Jesus rose from the dead, we know that we also rise from the dead one day. Hallelujah. Next verse. To an inheritance incorruptible. We've been born again unto a living hope and unto an inheritance that is incorruptible and undefiled and that faded not away. Wow. Then it says, it is reserved in heaven for you. So as you are stepping into heaven, as you are stepping into glory, there's an inheritance reserved, incorruptible inheritance reserved for you. What a joy. Wow. Next verse, verse 5. Who are kept by the power of God. He says, we are kept by the power of God. Paul said, I'm confident of this very thing. That he who has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Sometimes you look at yourself, you wonder if you ever... I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say. Like you, you look at the things that are happening around you, around you, wonder, am I even born again? Am I, am I even, go, how am I going to end up? How are things going to work? Will I ever change? God is confident about you and about your life. Even if you are not confident about yourself, God is confident. Look at this, Philippians 1, it says, Paul is, this, Paul is saying, this, being confident of this very, I'm confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. The one who has begun a good work in you. Who is that one who has begun a good work in you? God himself has begun a good work in you. What's that good work? He brought the born again experience through Christ Jesus. He sent Jesus to come and die for you. Did you ask for someone to come and die for you? You didn't have enough wisdom to ask for somebody to come and die for you. But God knew that you needed a savior. And he sent that savior to come and die for you. And if that Savior died for you, God is committed to making sure that Savior preserves you throughout your life until the end. No matter how many corners you go through, okay, God's aim and God's purpose in your life is that you stand before him perfect in love on that day. So he's, he says, I'm confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. Philippians 2.12. Do you love the Bible? 
Ask your neighbor, do you read your Bible? If you read your Bible, tell your neighbor, if you read your Bible, you will never be sad again in your life. If you read your Bible, you will never be depressed. If you read your Bible, you will never have trouble because you see how much God loves you and how much you are appreciated by God. There are a lot of people who feel, don't feel loved and who feel they are, they are not nice people or they are not good people. It's because you don't read your Bible. Read your Bible, you become confident in life. Look at this. Let's read verse 12 into verse 13. I said from verse 12. Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Then it says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Someone reaches and thinks that you are in charge of your salvation. You are not in charge of your salvation. He's talking about bringing out salvation that is in you to the fore, to bring it out. Letting the salvation that God has brought into you through Christ show forth outside. Okay? I think the Amplified may say it. Look at the Amplified. Therefore, my dear ones, as you have always obeyed my suggestion, so now not only with the enthusiasm you would show in my presence, but much more because I am absent. Work, work out. Cultivate. Carry out to the what? To the goal. And fully complete. Carry, the, the word is carry out to the goal. You see, let it show forth in your life. Okay, your salvation with reverence and awe and trembling, with distrust, with serious caution, tenderness of conscience, watchfulness against temptation, timidly shrinking from whatever might offend God and discredit the name of Christ. Next verse, verse 13. For it is God, he says, work out your salvation with trembling because it is God who is at work within you, both to will and to do of his own good pleasure. Amplified. The Amplified is nice. Verse, verse 13 in the Amplified. Not in your own strength. Work out your salvation. Not in your own strength. Carry out to the fore the salvation that is in you. Okay? Keep your finger. It's like what is written in Philemon 1.6. Have you read Philemon 1.6 before? Hey! Keep your finger. Go to Philemon 1.6. You know, Paul was praying for this guy that he wrote to. And he said that, I pray that the communication of your faith may become effectual. How? by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. This is what it means to work out your salvation. Acknowledging every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Acknowledging that through Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, you now have faith. So acknowledging the fact that you have faith in your spirit. Acknowledging the fact that you are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus because of what Jesus did. Acknowledging all that is in the salvation. Salvation is a package. It comes as a package. It's called soteria. There are two words for salvation. There's soteria and then there's sozo. Soteria has to do with all the beautiful things that are inside salvation. Deliverance from, from your enemies, from the, from the devil, from demons and all of that. From sickness. It also it means healing. It means health. It means goodness. It means all the beautiful things you can think about. Which is inside you now. So your health is not in a hospital somewhere. Your health is inside you right there where you are. You will not overcome cancer only by going to the hospital. You overcome cancer by acknowledging what is inside you, the power of God that is inside you. Yeah. So he says, I pray that the communication of your faith, the, the sharing of your faith, the word communication is koinonia, the sharing of your faith, the partnership of your faith, the fellowship of your faith, will become effective. How? Through the acknowledging. And the Amplified says, and I pray that the participation in and sharing of your faith may produce and promote full recognition 
and appreciation and understanding and precise knowledge of every good thing that is in is ours in our identification with Christ Jesus and unto his glory. Yeah. So the more you acknowledge who you are becoming Christ, the more you expose or you display the salvation of Christ that is inside you. Are you seeing it? Hmm. So Paul says that work out your own salvation, not with your own strength, but according to the working of God. Amplified, please. Philippians 2.13. Not in your own strength, for it is God who is all the while. God is all the while. All the, I was talking to one of our ladies yesterday. One of our pastors was a lady. And she was talking about how she feels she can't do some things in the church. She feels she could be better. I said, there's nothing wrong. You can be better. It's true. But when we say responsibility, when we say you have a responsibility to do this, what it means is this. Responsibility is from two words. Responding to ability. Okay? Response and ability. So when you're giving a responsibility, what it means is that there's an ability inside you to respond to whatever it is, whatever task or whatever challenge you've been given. So there's nothing like, I can't do this. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ's strength. He didn't say, I can do some things. He said, I can do all things. You understand all things. All things means all things. Are you born again? Then you can do all things. Say, I can do all things. Say it again, I can do all things. Through Christ, which strengthens me. Through the word Christ is the anointing and the anointed one. Yeah. You're talking about Christ and the Holy Spirit. Who strengthens you? Do you see? So, go back to that place in chapter 2, verse 13. Not in your own strength, for it is God who is all the while effectually at work in you, energizing and creating in you the power and the desire both to will and to work for his good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. Can you imagine? It is God who is all the while at work in you. Am I, am I lying or is it in the Bible? The pastor does not lie. It's in the Bible. It's not in your own strength, for it is God who is all the while, all the while, effectually at work in you. Say, God is at work in me. You see, your job is to acknowledge that God is at work in you. In some people's cases, they don't even know that God is in them. And for those who know that God is in them, they forget that he's at work in them. They don't recognize and acknowledge that this God is at work in me. Haven't you read 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14? Look at 2 Corinthians 6, 14. It says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness? He calls you righteousness. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion has light with darkness? He calls you light and he calls them darkness. Next verse. And what concord has Christ with Belial? He calls you Christ and calls them Belial. Belial is the prince of devils. Or what part has he that believeth with an infidel? Are you a believer? Next verse. Then it says, and what agreement has the temple of God? Hallelujah. What agreement has the temple of God? You are now the temple of God in Christ. And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, not the dead God. God is alive in you. God is in you and he's alive. And he's not just there. He's working in you, causing you both to will, producing the willingness, and giving you the ability to do every good thing that he desires for you to do. This is the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. In the Old Testament, God gave them laws. 
but there was no ability to do and fulfill the laws. They could not meet up with the laws. But in the New Testament, God comes into you to meet up with his laws. So God is at work in you. Say God is at work in me. All that you have to do is to start acknowledging. Do you see? Start acknowledging that Christ is in me. God is in me. Hallelujah. I can do all things. I can go anywhere. I can fulfill my ministry. I can change lives. And sometimes you look at all the things you're supposed to do and you wonder, can I even, where am I going to start from? Start from knowing and acknowledging that God is at work in you. Yeah, both to will. For it is God who is all the while effectually at work in you. Hmm? Energizing. He gives you the energy. Wow. What is better than this? He gives you energy to know how to understand chemistry. Haven't you read your Bible? He's, he's the one. Colossians chapter 2. <laughs> Everything is in the Bible. Hmm? Everything is in the Bible. Let's read it from verse 1 so that it, it makes more sense. If you just go here, they will not understand. For I would that you knew what great conflict I have for you and for them at Laodicea and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love and unto all the riches of full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. Actually, what it means is the mystery of God, which is Christ. Okay? Then it says Christ. So the last thing is Christ, right? So the next thing, you can, so you can read the scripture this way. Christ in whom are hid all the treasures of what? Wisdom, Wisdom and knowledge. Is chemistry part of knowledge? Yeah. How about physics? Yeah. How about metals? Yeah. How about keto? Yeah. He has everything you need. Every kind of knowledge that you need. And he has the spirit of understanding which he has given to you. So you can understand all things. Do you see? You can understand all things. Always have that in mind. If you are getting into a business and you don't know the field, don't worry too much. Ask questions around. Of course, you must do your research. But there's something inside you. There's someone inside you who has information concerning how you can do the business in a different way. To make it attractive. And to, to give a different output. All you need to do is start acknowledging. Yeah. This is what GNT. He is a key that opens all the hidden treasures of God's wisdom and knowledge. All the, eh, he's the key. Jesus is the key that opens all the hidden treasures of God's wisdom and knowledge. And he's inside you. I can do all things. Say, I can do all things. Through Christ, which strengthens me. Just imagine if every day you are thinking like this. Just imagine thinking like this every morning. We are defeated because of our thoughts. Christians don't get victory in life because of the kind of thinking they have. You feel... You feel you are not good enough. Your thoughts rule you. You feel you are not good enough. You feel you've not prayed enough. You feel you are not righteous enough. You feel you are not holy enough. You feel God doesn't like you much. Because of some one or two things that you have done. Hey! Because of yesterday. Hey! It's okay. We we'll beg. Let's not talk about yesterday. Hallelujah. So Peter was writing to the, to, to the children of God and he was letting them know, listen, you guys are different. You are, you are in a secure place. Do you see? Yeah. Go back to that place. First Peter chapter 1. I just want to show you one thing here. That's why I'm talking plenty like that. What I want to show you is in verse 8. Yeah. 
to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that faded not away, reserved in heaven for you. Next verse, verse 5. Who are kept by the power of God. We are kept by the power of God. Through faith unto salvation. Ready to be revealed in the last time. You know, there are different kinds of salvation. This is the salvation of the body. He's talking about the salvation of the body, not the salvation of the spirit. There are three major salvations. There's the salvation of the spirit, the salvation of the soul, and the salvation of the body. Okay? Go, go to Hebrews chapter 9. Let me show you about this. Because I've mentioned them, let me just show it to you so that next time when you're reading your Bible, you look out for them. Okay? Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. Let's read from verse 11. Hebrews chapter 9 from verse 11. But Christ, say but Christ. But Christ, Christ being commanding an high priest of good things to come. He's a high priest of good things. <laughs> By a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building. Next verse. Neither by the blood of goats and cows, but by his own blood. But by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place. Then it says, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Having obtained what? Eternal redemption. He bought us back eternally. Your spirit man is redeemed eternally. Your spirit man has redemption. So in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7. Verse 7. Let's read from 6 to 7, rather. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved. We are accepted in the beloved. We are now in the beloved of Christ. Okay? Then it says, in whom? In Christ. We have what? Redemption. We have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. All these things are for your spirit. Eternal redemption is for your spirit. He's redeemed you. He's bought you back. He's taken you away. There are three words for redemption. There's agorazo, there's ex-agorazo, and then there's lutro or lutrosis or apolutrosis. Do you see? And all of that implies buying you from the slave market of sin, taking you away from the slave market of sin, and taking you into his house for you to enjoy the inheritance that he purchased for you. So as far as God is concerned, keep your finger here. Go to John chapter 10, verse 26. Too many scriptures. This is Jesus talking. He says, but you believe not, because you are not of my sheep. As I said unto you, next verse, verse 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Are you sheep? He says, you hear his voice, and you know him, and you follow him. Next verse. And I give unto them, what? I give unto them, what? And they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. They shall never perish. They shall never perish. Are you born again? Jesus says you shall never perish. Let's read the Amplified. The Amplified is very nice. It's on point. And I give them eternal life. And they shall never lose it. Or perish throughout the ages. Throughout the ages. This should make you excited. To all eternity. They shall never by any means be destroyed. And no one is able to snatch them out of my hand. No one is able to snatch them out of my hand. Someone will say, oh, this, this will make Christians start messing up. It's because you've not yet understood what has happened to you. Paul says, shall we continue to sin so that grace may abound? He says, God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Romans chapter 6. Are you dead to sin? Yeah. yeah. If you know you are dead to sin you are, and you are alive to God, you will not live in some things. 
go to go to verse 11 yeah it says likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin so the problem is recognizing it's with recognizing accounting to yourself the word reckon is logizomai to put it to your account to account it to yourself that truly he died and because he died i died with him and if i died with him i'm dead to sin and hence i'm not alive to sin any longer i'm not alive to god it says likewise Eh? this is amplified even so consider yourselves indeed also dead to sin and your relation to it broken but alive to god now you are alive to god, alive to god. he saved you and gave eternal life so that you'll be alive to him living in unbroken fellowship with him in christ jesus am i using my words or i'm using the scripture isn't the bible yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. hallelujah they shall never perish that's the salvation of the spirit then there's a salvation of the soul okay after your spirit is saved. So your spirit man is perfect. Colossians chapter 2 verse 10. For ye are complete in him. Look at it. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. You are complete in him. Look at from verse 9 to verse 10. Go to verse 9. For in him, for in Christ, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. The fullness of God that is pleased to dwell in Jesus bodily. Then it says, and you are complete in him. Say, I'm complete. I'm complete. In, him. in him. Say it again. I'm complete. In, him. in him. So, there's nothing in you that needs to be outside, and there's nothing outside that's supposed to be in you. Hallelujah. You are complete in him. You are perfect in him. You are perfect in him. He's made you perfect in him. Your spirit man is perfect in him. Haven't you read? He says that he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Our spirit man are so joined with the Holy Spirit that you can't even differentiate between the Holy Spirit and our spirit. For what man knows the things of a man, save the spirit of that man which is inside him. Meaning that our spirit has some eternal things inside. Your spirit man is complete. Everything that you need is inside. All that you need for life and godliness has been given to you. Second Peter 1.3 Wow. Read your Bible, you'll see it according as his divine power has given unto us not is going to give to us has given unto us all things that pertains to life and godliness he's given everything to it's all in your spirit it's all in your spirit now it has to come out from your spirit through your soul and then into your body and to your environment that's why we come to church why do we go to church we go to church so that our souls can be saved so james chapter 1 verse 20 look at james chapter 1 let's read from 20. It's okay. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Your anger does not work the righteousness of God. If you're angry, it's up to you. In other words, in anger, you don't produce the righteousness of God. So be careful about anger. That's what it's telling you. Okay? Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is what? Which is able to save your soul. So your spirit man is saved, but your soul is being saved. It's called the transformation of your soul. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you come to church so that as we preach to you, you renew your mind concerning faith. You think you don't have faith, but you have faith. Romans 2 of 3. This is not what I'm supposed to preach about. So I'm trying to clear it so that I can say what I'm supposed to. For I say through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. How? According as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. He's dealt to every man the measure of faith. God has given you faith. Do you see? So you have faith. 
Say, I have faith. I have faith. Yeah. God has given you faith. He's given you power. He's given you love. He's given you a sound mind. He's given you all that you need for life. Are you seeing it? Uh-huh. Now it has to come out. How does it come out? By the renewing of your mind. Romans 12, 2 once again. And be not conformed to this world. So a Christian who is born again and has a spirit saved can be conformed to this world. He can conform to this world. He can become small. The world is small. God is big. So you can either conform to this world or you conform to Christ. So you have a choice as a Christian. You are born again, but you have a choice to conform to this world or you conform to the image of a son who is Christ Jesus. That's in Romans chapter 8, verse 30. Okay? From verse 29. Romans 8, 29. Look at Romans 8. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of a son. Isn't it? So we have to conform to... There's a conformation somewhere. It can either be to the world or to God. To the image of a son. So it depends on you. This is solical salvation. You can either conform to the image of a son or you conform to this world. You conform to the ways of this world. To the way the world thinks. Or you conform to the image of a son. It's up to you. So back to Romans chapter 12 verse 2. And be not conformed to this world. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. By the renewing of your... That's why we read the Bible. That's why we read the Bible. Have you seen a child before? Have you seen a child in your life? One of the major things that we struggle with in Ghana is children drinking poison. They drink it nicely, comfortably. Because we keep parazone and dettol and all kinds of poisons, soda, kerosene and all of that in plastic bottles, plastic water bottles and plastic or a plastic uh, drink, uh, Coca-Cola bottles. So the child thinks it's Coca-Cola or it's water. He's thirsty. He goes to visit someone in their house. They are playing and then there's a bottle sitting there, you know, in the kitchen, sealed nicely, looking colorless. So he picks it up, opens it, and then drinks it very comfortably, even though it's tasting differently. He still thinks it's water that is tasting different this time around. <laughs> and drinks it and ends up either dying or destroying his throat and a lot of things. Why? Because he's a child. Will you do that if you're an adult? As soon as you open the bottle, what will happen? You smell it and you're like, mm, this is different. This is something else. This could be acid. This could be a base. It could be kerosene. You know. It could be fuel. It could be petrol. You know. Why do you know? Because you're an adult. Is it true? Your senses have been exercised over the years to not mess up. Same, spirit, same thing spiritually. If you decide not to grow and not to conform to the image of the sun, if you decide not to renew your mind, you can drink any poison and go off. Anything. Tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Anything can just shift you off. And then you are gone. And then you are out. And then you are dead. Or something happens to you. Hmm? Ephesians 4.14. So that he says we, he wants us to grow. So that we hence will be no more children. Tossed to and fro by and carried about with every wind of doctrine. By the state of men. And cunning craftiness whereby the lying were to deceive. So if you don't want to destroy yourself. You can destroy yourself all by yourself. The child is the one who takes it and drinks it. Who does it? Does someone force a child to drink? No. Ignorance. Galatians 4.1. He says, look at Galatians 4.1. 
the heir as long as he's a child. As long, so he can be a child for a long time. You can, dis, you can be like this. You only come to church and then you hear the scriptures as we are reading them on the screen. And you go and sleep for one week and come back. Do you see what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. But it's really up to you. So it's a choice you make. You decide to grow up spiritually. When you decide, when you make that decision, you start growing. You start eating. How do you eat? The word of God is the food of the spirit. You start drinking. If you want to grow, you have to eat consistently. Some of us eat five times a day. Is it true? You have breakfast, then brunch, then lunch, then mid-lunch, then supper, then snacks for the bed. Five to six times a day. It's normal in a lot of people's case. And you are wondering why you are becoming bigger and bigger. You are eating too many sweets. Bad food. Junk food. If you want to grow spiritually, what do you do? You have to eat a lot. How do you eat a lot? You have to get a lot of the word in. Your spirit man is born by the word. Babies eat a lot. That's why they become big over a very short period. So your soul can be saved. How? By the renewing of your mind. By the renewing of your mind. Maybe you thought you were nothing. But then through the word of God, you get to know you are something. Maybe you thought the devil, the devil is in your family. The devil lives in your family. You think Satan has a seat in your house. His headquarters is in your house. So no matter what you do, you never prosper. You never go forward in life. But through the word of God, you get to know that all principality and power, including the devil, have been overcome by Christ Jesus and they are under your foot. It changes your mindset. You are seated in Christ in heavenly places. It doesn't just become something that you know from the book. It becomes something that you live. It becomes your life. When you see a demonic activity, you don't run away. You stand and cast that devil out. Because it says that all those who are born again are following him. Will cast out devils. That's the first thing. Say, see that believers shall cast out devils. First thing. So you don't be, you, you are not afraid of devils. Of witches. Why should you be plagued because of your family? Witches. Are you a child of God? You are now in the family of God. You are not in your family anymore. It's all a change of mind. I don't think, I don't think from where I come from, in terms of my family, my biological heritage. I think from my spiritual heritage. Yeah, that, I'm not, I'm not saying things that, uh, if you've noticed, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not looking into anything. I'm just talking to you. I've not planned to say all the things I'm saying to you. I'm just talking to you as my children. Yeah. These are things that I know for myself. Not just knowledge. It's something I live. Yeah, it's my mindset. If there's a plague happening, minus me. And minus all those who are around me. I'm preserved in Christ. <laughs> I belong to the family of God. No blood disease can affect me. No airborne disease can affect me. I will not die on a plane. Or in a car crash. I die at a good old age. That is even if I choose to. Yeah, he says he giveth his beloved long life. He satisfies him with long life. He says whether life or death, all things are yours. Death is ours. You determine where you die. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, I'm going forward. I'm going forward. The Bible says the path of the justice has a shining light. 
that shines brighter and brighter onto the perfect day. Your path is just one way. Brighter and 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 brighter. Glory only. Glory alone. Nothing else. No strange sickness will come to my way. Are you a child of God? Yeah. A strange sickness may come, but then you deal with it by the power of the Spirit and through the Word of God. Do you see? So, you must grow. In Hebrews chapter 10, look at Hebrews chapter 10. Let's read verse. Let's read from verse 32. Okay. You went to 35. Let's go to 35 so that we don't read too much. Cast not away therefore your confidence which has great recompense of reward. Next verse, please. For you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Next verse. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. He's talking about Jesus. Now the just shall live by faith. Then he says, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Have you seen it? That believe to the saving of the soul. So the more you read, the more you pray, the more you do the things you're supposed to do as a child of God. Reading your Bible, praying in the Holy Spirit, understanding your rest in Christ. Because there are things that you need to grow, naturally speaking. You need food. You need air. Food is, a, is the word of God. Air is the Holy Spirit. Okay? Is it true? You need to breathe, right? Yeah. Without air, the food that you eat will not be broken down. Yeah. Have you done times in your life before? Yeah. Do you know about respiration? Yeah. And then you need water, which is also the word and the spirit. Yeah. Both the word and the spirit represent, is represented by water. You need to exercise. Exercise is prayer. Praying in the spirit. Then you need rest. You need to sleep. If you don't sleep for three days, you'll be surprised at what will happen to you. You need sleep in life. You need sleep or rest in the spirit. And that's a consciousness of who you have become in Christ. Settling in who God has made you in Christ Jesus. And as you combine these things in different ways, you begin to grow spiritually. Hallelujah. So go back to First Peter chapter 1. Wow. I'm showing you on the partnership of the Spirit, right? Next verse. Verse 6 now. Wherein you greatly rejoice. Let's read from verse 5 once again. Go back. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. I've showed you what salvation is. So, oh, I didn't show you the last one. I spoke about two. The last one is the salvation of the body. Philippians chapter 3 verse 20. Look at Philippians 3.20. For our conversation or our citizenship. Okay, the Amplified says it. Look at the Amplified. For, but we are citizens of the state, commonwealth, homeland, which is in heaven. So even though we are not in heaven physically, we are there spiritually. We are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. This is, so he says we are citizens of that state, that commonwealth, that homeland, which is in heaven. And from it, from heaven, we earnestly and patiently await the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, as Savior. Savior of what? Next verse. Who will transform and fashion anew the body of our humiliation to conform to and be like the body of his glory and majesty. Have you seen it? So there's a salvation of the body. The salvation of the soul leads to the salvation of the body. How your body looks like on the day of our resurrection is dependent on how much your soul was saved. I don't know if you get it. 
Your spirit is saved. There's no problem with that. Your soul is being saved. And your body shall be saved. Now, the body of glory that you will have is dependent on how much you conform to Christ whilst we're here on earth. So there are different glories. First Corinthians 15 talks about it. There's the glory of the sun, there's the glory of the stars, there's the glory of the moon, there's a the glory of all kinds of glory. So it depends on you. Yeah. If, if you allow yourself to be changed some more, if you allow yourself to be transformed some more through the word of God, on the day that Christ appears, hmm? 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. How many scriptures have you written so far? If you, if you will go through the scriptures that I've showed you, you'll be surprised at how much understanding you will have. If you will take your time and go through them one by one and meditate on them, you'll be surprised at the understanding God will give you. Mm? Behold, what man of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Say we are sons of God now. Sons of God. And he says, therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Next verse. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. He's talking about how we shall be in our body. But we know, we know that when he shall appear, the word appear is phanaro, when he shall show up in glory, when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. We shall be like him. Are we not like him already? We are like him already, spiritually speaking. 1 John 4, 17 says that. Look at 1 John 4, 17. Now we'll come back to this. Here is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we. In this world we are just like him in this world that is in your spirit but on that day when he appears we shall be like him in body we shall appear like him now it depends on how much you conformed to the image of the son with jesus christ so how you look some people will not look like jesus christ on that day because they did not allow them so when the word of god was coming they were sleeping or they were, not, they were not acknowledging the word of God for themselves. They were texting or they were chatting with a friend or something. And they always go home and sleep from Sunday afternoon to the next Sunday morning and come clean their, their Bible. They dust their Bible. It's Hamatan now. So even though the dust comes into your room, even when you clean today, the next, the next day. Yeah. So now that you've not, you don't use it for one week, you see that there's a lot of dust on it. You take it. If you are wearing your white dress and you pass it, you are in trouble. Don't be like that. Tell anybody, don't be like that. Don't be, like that. Be, active. be active. Can a child go to war? No. Children are not allowed to go to war. We're already in a war. <laughs> and there's a bigger war coming. And Jesus needs strong people, mature people to work with. It's up to you. So he says, when he shall appear, we shall be like him. We shall change. Our body shall change. Hmm? 2 Corinthians 5, verse 1. Look at 2 Corinthians 5, verse 1. It's nice. For we know that if our earthly house, that is, if this body of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, and house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Have you seen it? Yeah. So everyone of us, he's talking about our body, not a, a building somewhere. He's talking about your body. There's a, there's a body that you have. Okay? 1 Corinthians 15, 52. Go to 52. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. Then he says, and we shall be changed. He's talking about your body. We shall be changed. For this corruptible, this corruptible, this body is, corrupt, is corruptible to, to go, must put on incorruption. 
and this mortal must put on immortality. So that is, the, that is the day when Christ comes in his glory and then we receive our heavenly bodies. Now depending on how you, your soul has changed, your heavenly body will be along that same line. And amazingly, eh, in heaven you don't have to talk much for us to see who you are. Because your body is a compendium of all that you did on, on earth. Oh yes, that's it. Your body is a compendium. Your body of glory tells us how you were and what you were whilst we are here on earth. Daniel chapter 12, verse 3. Look at Daniel. <laughs> Look at Daniel 12, 3. It says, And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn minutes righteousness as the stars forever and ever. So all those who are here on earth and were into turning minutes righteousness shall shine as the stars forever and ever. And those who are wise, the Bible says that he that wouldn't souls is wise. So they that are wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. So your body will let us know what you did on earth. It's a compendium of what you did for Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. So that everyone may receive the things done in his body. What did you do in your body? According to that he has done, whether it be good or bad. Yeah. So that is the salvation of the body. It's the day coming when our bodies shall be saved. Okay? There's some in Romans chapter 8. Romans 8, 22. You see some there. It's said in various places. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and in next verse, verse 23. And not only they next, okay, it's okay. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for what? The adoption. To wait, or which is the redemption of our body. So one day, your body shall have redemption. It shall be saved on a certain day. So Peter was writing to them and said that, you are preserved by God. Go back to that place. Wow. You see how nice the scriptures are? One scripture can lead you to a thousand. Isn't that amazing? Go back to verse 5. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. Ready to be revealed in the last time. Wow. Next verse. Wherein? It says in this particular thing, that is the salvation of our body, which is ready to be revealed in the last time, you greatly rejoice. Though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations. Hmm? He says, you are, in, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations. Because you are going through a lot of things because you are a child of God, because you are a Christian. Those guys were being persecuted. Okay? They were being persecuted. <laughs> what I'm talking about concerning the salvation of the body is something that has been known since the ages began, I tell you. Go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32. You'll be surprised. And what shall I more say? For the time will fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak. These are Old Testament folks. And of Samson, and of Jephthah, and of David also, and Samuel and of the prophets. Who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought or worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword. He's talking about some of the things these people went through. And out of weakness were made strong. They waxed valiant in fight. They turned to fly the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead race to life again. And others were tortured. Now, he says, others were what? Tortured. Not accepting deliverance. As we were being tortured and were told that, renounce Christ. Or, that, at that time, Christ had not come. So, just renounce God and say you are not for God anymore. But they, they refused to renounce God. And others were tortured, not accepting deliverance. Read the rest. 
You see why they did what they did? You see why they did not allow to be delivered? So that they may receive what? A better resurrection. So there are different kinds of resurrection of the body. He's talking about resurrection of the body. Resurrection of the dead. So that they might obtain a better res- resurrection. Same thing is all about Moses. Bible says that Moses, go up, go to verse uh, 16, I think. By faith, this is 23. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hit three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandments. Next verse. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Moses had access to all the nice things you can think about. The nice things you are looking for, Moses had. He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Next verse. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God. He chose. <laughs> hmm? He chose to suffer affliction with the people of God. Than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. He could enjoy in sin. Do you know sin? Moses could enjoy. This is Egypt. You are talking about Egypt for crying out loud. He, you can indulge. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. You can in, indulge proper, proper. Moses had access to all the women in life. Well, to all the whatever you want to think about. He was Pharaoh's daughter's son. You don't understand? Yeah. He was a dada B. To the nonsense degree. Yet he chose to suffer affliction. With the people of God. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God. Than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Next verse. Esteeming. He did the calculation. He esteemed the reproach of Christ. Greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. The word recompense is Mr. Podosia. He knew there was a reward that was waiting for him. There was a day waiting for him. There was a day when his body, all that he did for the Lord, would show up in his body. Which is more lasting. This body you will not have for a long time. So if you fool, if you fool around in this body, and you allow this body to limit you, and to deny you, <laughs> You know your body is your enemy? Yeah. Do you know your body is your enemy? First yeah. Corinthians chapter 9. Verse 27. Wow. wow. Your body can deny you of a lot of things. Just this body. How you, how you treat your body. How you allow your body to engage and indulge. Hey. Wow. Ask your neighbor. Neighbor. How are you? Paul says, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. Have you seen it? Your body wants to go and do things. It says, I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. Lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. I myself should be described as unfit. And go to verse 26. Verse 26 says, but I, I therefore so run not as one that's not as uncertainly, so fight I not as one that beateth the air. Then it says, but I keep under my body. Do you see? I buffet my body. I beat my body. And I train my body and tell my body what to do. Mm. Amplified says, but like a boxer, I buffet my body and handle it roughly. I discipline it by hardships and subdue it. Your body can take you into all kinds of things. Your body will tell you, let's smoke. 
Let's boost. Let's do. I mean, your body can just and tell you it's normal. This one is normal. This is how it is. You are in the flesh. How you go do them? Anyway, let's continue our message. First Peter. Wow. I just want to say one thing there. Can you imagine? It's becoming impossible to say it. Next verse. So even though we are going through many food temptations, he said they didn't care. That the trial of your faith be much more precious than of gold. That pressure, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. You see? The appearing of Jesus Christ. Next verse. Whom having not seen, Jesus whom having not seen, ye love. Do you love Jesus? Yes. Have you seen Jesus before? No. But you love him. Yes. You are in the Bible. Tell anybody you are in the Bible. Yes. It says, whom having not seen, ye love. In whom though now you see him not, yet believing. Do you believe in him? Yes. Then it says, he rejoiced with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Hallelujah. Yes. Receiving the end of your faith. Even the salvation of your souls. Have you seen it? The end of your faith. Receiving the end or the completion of your faith. Which is even your, the salvation of your souls on that day. Next verse. Which salvation, of which salvation the prophets have inquired. Our salvation was inquired of by the prophets of old. And searched diligently. They searched diligently and prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. So when it comes to us, it is grace that has come unto us. Says that the prophets of old searched diligently. They were looking for what time that was going to come, what time Jesus was going to come, and the glory that should follow him. All this year. Next verse. Searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ. And has Christ suffered? Says, and the glory that should follow. After Christ's suffering, Glory is what follows. That is you and I. We are the ones who, fo who follow Christ. So it's the glory that should follow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Next verse. Verse 12 is what I want you to see. Unto whom it was revealed, unto these prophets of old, it was revealed, that not unto themselves, but unto us, they did minister the things. Okay? Which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost. This is all I want you to see. <laughs> so all I've said is introduction it says the prophets revealed it but not unto themselves but unto us they did minister the things that they wrote which are now reported unto you these things are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you how did they preach the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost so the apostles and the prophets, the apostles who preached after Jesus Christ, preached with the Holy Spirit. They partnered with the Holy Spirit. Jesus told them that you need to partner with the Holy Spirit. And they did. They obeyed Jesus' instructions. Jesus gave them an instruction to preach the gospel to the whole world. Not just to them, but to all, all Christians. And after saying that to them, he said, you cannot do this in your, on your own. You need the Holy Spirit. So in Luke chapter 24, look at Luke chapter 24. Look, right? Luke 24, 45. Then opening the understanding that they might understand the scriptures. Jesus was talking to his disciples. Next verse. And said unto them, that's it is written, and that is, behold, Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. Next verse. This after Jesus had died and risen again. And that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations beginning 
at Jerusalem. So he was giving them the assignment. This, this is like uh, Matthew 28, 20. Okay, from verse 18 to 20. Next verse. Then he says, and ye are witnesses. He was talking to the disciples. He says, you are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my father. So they were supposed to preach the gospel, starting from Jerusalem to all the ends of the world. And he said, you are witnesses of these things. So you are the ones who are supposed to do it. But you are not supposed to start without the Holy Spirit. So he tells them, and behold, I send the promise of my father upon you. Who was the promise of the father? The Holy Spirit. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Have you seen it? So this scripture continues in Acts. The one who wrote the book of Luke is the one who wrote the book of Acts. His name is Luke, the physician. He was a doctor who followed Paul around writing. So it's the same thing that is written here. He says, and being assembled together with them, I command, Luke Acts 1 4. He commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. Next verse. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with what? With the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. Jump to verse 8. But you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Has the Holy Spirit come upon you? And you shall be what? Witnesses. The Holy Spirit's coming upon you makes you a witness. A witness of Jesus Christ. Acts 5.32. Acts 5, Look at Acts 5.32. So the disciples did it with Jesus. They did it with the Holy Spirit. They didn't just move. They partnered with the Holy Spirit. Okay? They partnered with the Holy Spirit in evangelizing the world. The reason why evangelizing the world is difficult in our time is because a lot of Christians and a lot of churches have set the Holy Spirit aside when it comes to evangelistic work. So there's no passion to win souls. It's one of the most difficult things to talk about in church. If, I, if we talk about money, about cars, houses. What else? Marriage. Children. What? Traveling around. Being a globetrotter. How to be a, I think I have to preach it. How to be a globetrotter. <laughs> Visa to America. Or to UK. Or to Afghanistan. You do like Afghanistan? China. The church becomes Agog. Everybody becomes very excited. But when you start talking about soul winning. But actually, actually, all that matters in life is soul. -so. Because all that you take away from this place. When we say soul winning, we are talking about leading someone to Christ and raising the person. Remember, the salvation of the soul has to do with what? Building the person up. Transformation of the mind. It's a process. When you die, your car will not follow you. Are you surprised? Ask anybody, are you surprised? Your car will not follow you. Your phone. Will not follow you. Somehow inherited, I tell you. Your touche. Do you know to share? The wake up, the wake that you wear like that. It will not follow you. Listen, you can get all the money on earth and enjoy life as much as possible. When you are crossing out of this world into eternity, only your works 
that you did for, for the Lord, how you contributed to the church, the build-up of the church, is all that will matter. Your house will not make any difference. Whether your house was in Cantonment or in New York, makes no difference. Your cars, whether it's a Lamborghini or a Rolls Royce, Rolls Royce Phantom, Mercedes Maybach, makes no difference. You leave all of them here. It says, for their works do follow them. Only their works will follow them. Only your works will follow you. So if I were you, I would partner with the Holy Spirit and get some credits. You need some credits. Tell anybody you need some credits. <laughs> Revelation chapter 14, verse 13. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Right. Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. You are in the Lord and you die in the Lord. Yea, see the Spirit. See who? Uh, so the Holy Spirit is involved. Yes, hear the Spirit. That they may rest from their labors. And their works do follow them. Their works do follow them. So don't just amount, amass wealth and build mansions on earth. What is a mansion? Yesterday I was being told about a certain big man in the, in, in the system. A certain big man in the system who amassed wealth. It was not easy. Right now, he doesn't have anything. Are you surprised? It's amazing. I will not mention a name. You don't need to hear the name. But it's very important in the system. He's, without, he's zero now. Yeah. It's not easy. This is the problem of humanity. Can I show you? Luke chapter 12 from verse 15. Let me show you the problem of humanity. This is the story, but then I want to... Let's read from... Jesus' stories are very powerful. You need to read about Jesus' stories and Jesus' miracles if you are going to grow. Okay? Don't put Jesus' words aside. Very important. So, look at verse 13. Let's read from verse 13 so it makes more sense. Okay? So, Jesus was in a meeting. He was preaching. Then, the Bible says, And one of the company said unto him, one of the people in the church said unto him, Master, speak to my brother. So that he devised the inheritance with me. So their father had died and had left from inheritance. There were some cars that were at stake. There were some, uh, and some what? Some houses, some pounds, some US dollars and all of that. That had been left. And the big brother had taken everything. So he came to Jesus' meeting and told him, Master, speak to my brother so that he devised the inheritance with me. And Jesus said, hey, my friend, who made me? And he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? Who made me a divider over you? Is that the reason why I've come? I'm not here to distribute property. And I'm not here to talk to you about sharing properties and all of that. That's not why I came. Wow! Look at the next verse. Oh, message. It's a message, eh? He replied, Mister, what makes you think it's, an, it's any of my business to be a judge or mediator for you? It's not. It's none of my business. Otuman, eh, right? You can't say he just replied him cheek, a cheeky answer, right? Yeah. Next verse. So after he had said that, then he turned to the congregation and said, Take heed. That is, be careful, right? Beware of covetousness. Do you understand covetousness? Greed. Amassing a lot of wealth. Amassing, getting, you have one house. You want to have five more. You have one car. You want to have 17 more. So you do everything. 
this word, amplified. And he said unto them, guard yourselves and keep free from all covetousness. The immoderate desire for wealth. Eh? The, it's, it's immoderate. <laughs> Moderation is the order of the day. Like we are not saying don't have a house, so you must have a house. We are not saying don't, have, don't buy a car, you must buy a car. But, you see, be moderate. The immoderate desire for wealth, the greedy longing to have more. Have you noticed that iPhone uh, X came? <laughs> when 11 Pro came, you wanted to get 11. Hallelujah. Go back to King James. Let me read it quickly. And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisted not in the abundance of the things he possesses. A man's life consisted not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. That is not your life. Your life, eh, a man's life, does not consist of the abundance of the things which he possesses. Look at the next verse. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my bands and build greater bands. I'll build bigger bands. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. Did you see the plan? Uh -huh. He had plenty. He decided to hoard. So he decided that he was going to build bigger investments. Eh? Bigger investments. Warehouses. Bigger ones. And he said, next verse. And I will say, to, after I've built the bands, I will say, to, so he was just discussing it in his heart. He had not done it. He was just having a discussion with himself. And I'll say to my soul, soul. I'll say to my soul, Mr. Soul. Thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease. Eat. Drink. And be merry. Is this not what everybody's looking for? We want to retire at 40. And enjoy life. And it's a discussion in your heart. It's not yet. You've not yet even done it. It's a discussion. You are a young person. And that is all you are thinking about. You are thinking about how much money you can make. So that you can spend it yourself. Listen, if you, if you are thinking about how much money you make and thinking about what you will do for others, keep your finger... Listen, that's, that's all you need. You need to think about what you do for God and what you do for others. That's what will help. That is what will follow you. What you do for God and what you do for others is what will follow you after this place. That's what the Bible says. Make friends with unrighteous mammon so that when you fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitations. Because money, your money here can do something for you in eternity. But you keep your finger here. Go to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 3. Look at Paul. He says, remember them that are in bonds. Remember. You can be a rich man and you don't remember those who are in bonds. Those who are in prison. There are people who are in prison for nothing. For 50 Ghana cities, they are in prison. Yeah, I tell you. They stole a goat. So they are in prison. For five years. One footballer brought some 10 people out of prison just some few days ago. And they were all owing, I think, 500 Ghana cities and some things. Yeah. Two of our pastors were taken to jail for working for God, for nothing, really. 
And whilst they were in the prison overnight, they saw some two guys who, are, who were there for 800 cities. One was there for 800 cities. The other was there because he sat on a stolen bike. <laughs> he sat on a stolen bike. He was not the one riding it. He was sitting on a stolen bike. And he had been in, he had been in, in jail for eight months. So the following day, our pastors came out. And when they came out, they came to tell us that this is what they saw in the prison. So we gave them a lawyer and got them out. Yes, we gave them a lawyer. We went to court so many times. They themselves, those two pastors went to court so many times and got those guys out so that they can be free. Because it's, non it's nonsense, basically. Is it good to say nonsense in the church? It's nonsense. It doesn't make sense. So your money, your money should be used to help people. He says, remember them that are in bonds. As bound with, as though you were bound with them. This is how God is expecting us to be able. Then he says, and them which suffer adversity. Those who are suffering, any form of adversity. Whether famine, whatever it is. Sickness. Every form of adversity. As being yourselves also in the body. He says, behave as though you to your body is suffering such adversity. Help them. Job said, I was eyes to the blind. Legs was died to the lame. When the widows saw me, they jumped for joy. Because he was into helping widows. Yeah, those things help you. It will fall. The first thing is that you must be born again. After that, then these things follow. You do these things to help people. Okay? The guy said, so. He said to his soul, so. I'll say to my soul, so. Say so. Soul to soul, and I'll say to my soul, So thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. He was only thinking about himself. Next verse, next verse. But God said unto him, Thou fool, thou fool. Thou. So God is into calling some people fools. Thou fool, this night. Thy soul, this soul that you are talking to, that soul, take thy knees. Thy soul shall be required of thee. Because your soul is not yours. It belongs to somebody. It belongs to God. And God will require. He says, I will require your soul. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? Who will it be for? Oh, so you are just keeping up for a fool to come and inherit. Be wise. Look at the next verse. This is the problem of humanity. Read it to me. One to go. Read it once again. You can be a Christian and fall into this category. Yeah. So is he. That layered up treasure for himself. And is not rich toward God. What does it mean to be rich toward God? That's what I'm talking to you about now. Partner with the Holy Spirit. Change lives. Change lives. The Holy Spirit has come into your life to bring soul winning into your mind. And to grant you strength to do what God will have you to do. That's why the Holy Spirit will knock you. And he'll be nudging you like that. In the car. Talk to the lady by you. Talk to the lady by you. Learn to partner with him. He can say it's outside. He can say it's inside. But everybody needs someone outside to say it to him. Yeah. That's why he partnered with the disciples. And if you look, look at Acts chapter 8. In Acts chapter, chapter 8, you see Philip partnering with the Holy Spirit to bring salvation to all of Samaria. And to bring salvation to all of Ethiopia and hence Africa. If you read in Acts chapter 10, you will see Peter partnering with the Holy Spirit. It's so beautiful. I wanted to read all the scriptures to you, but I can't. 
So you have to read it for, for yourself. He partnered with the Holy Spirit to bring salvation to the Gentile world. Through the Holy Spirit, he was led to the, to the house of Cornelius. And he preached to them, and they all gave their lives to Christ. And he opened the door for all Gentiles, people like you and me. If you are not an Israelite, by birth, you are Gentile. By virtue of the ministry of the Holy Spirit and partnering with the Holy Spirit, all Gentiles have been brought to Christ. If you read Acts chapter 16, you see Paul's partnership with the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit resisted him and told him not to go to certain places. If you read in Acts chapter 13, you see the church at Antioch and their partnership with the Holy Spirit in bringing the gospel to many nations. If you read in Acts chapter 15, you will see the partnership of the Holy Spirit with the leaders of the church in Jerusalem. The first council of the church is called the Council of Jerusalem in deciding doctrinal matters. Yeah. Say our partner with the Holy Spirit. Say again, our partner with the Holy Spirit. And I'll change lives. That's my story. Go back to Revelation chapter 14. We just read it. Revelation 14, 16, right? 13. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Right. Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, see the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors. What is your labor? What is your labor? The guy said, take thy ease. That's rest. You are not, this world is not... That's why when you, when you die, they write R.I.P. Do you understand R.I.P.? What does that mean? Rest in peace. This life is ordained and shadowed programmed for you to work you have to work for the lord whilst you are alive and the holy spirit is there to make it very easy for you do you see yeah to witness to somebody and to raise a person for the lord see our witness to many and i'll raise many to the glory of god rise up on your feet and just stand up for what you shared with you give god glory in a space of two minutes, just tell God that you are ready to partner with Him. Talk to God right now. Thank Him for the Word and thank Him for the ministry of the Spirit that has been so gloriously exhibited here through the ministry of the Word. And tell Him that I am ready to partner with you. I am ready. Use me to do what you want to do. Talk to me. Minister to me. Show me who to talk to. Show me where to go every single day of my life. Every single day of my life. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastoti podcast. Simply search for Pastoti on any podcast app, plug in, and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.